Hello and welcome to Bardcast, the Shakespeare podcast. I'm Carson. And I'm Jeff. Today's episode is not Twelfth Night. It is a special mini edition. Mm-hmm. I've got a new microphone, so we're kind of testing it out. And we felt like we should give you something, you know, for the in-between break between these huge uh, play podcasts we do. Yeah. So we've just got a few subjects we want to kind of talk about more briefly and kind of get your opinions about them because we've got they're relevant to this next episode. Somewhat relevant. Yeah. Not so much the Othello question. Sure. First of all, we've got a question about Shakespeare's lewd humor. He has a lot of really crude jokes that are, you know, mostly based off of puns. Right. He, he, he is not above doing, you know, kind of childish jokes even in the terms of just uh, sexuality or something like that. So what we're wondering about is what you guys think about talking about them in the podcast because we don't have to explicitly you know, acknowledge dirty jokes, but people might appreciate them or they might appreciate not having them in there so their kids or family members can safely listen to it. Yeah. I don't have a strong opinion about this either way. I think we can, like, just say the dirty joke and then if they get it, they can get it and the kids won't get them because, frankly, they're in archaic English already. (laughs) That's true enough. Um, Yeah, we might just let someone someone know that something is a dirty joke and leave it at that. Mm -hmm. It all depends on the context, I guess. But let us know what you think. Yep. So another thing, this is something that I've been thinking about for a long time, is how Shakespearean English isn't, like you said, it's so arcane now that it's sort of like a different language. I I wouldn't go that far. It's more like just an archaic version of our language. It's not like Middle English. It's still Modern English in a lot of ways. But But I guess what I'm saying is, like, if you look at Hamlet's to be or not to be speech, uh, he says, who would fartles bear? And yeah, so that's... That's not a word anymore. I don't know if it was a word back then either. I mean, Shakespeare did make up a lot. (laughs) Apparently it was a word. And... I guess what I'm wondering about is what do you think about translating Shakespeare from Shakespearean English into modern English? If you were putting on a play or making a movie and Hamlet was saying, uh, who would fartles bear, would you change that to who would burdens bear, or would you just leave that as it is because Shakespeare's so great? Well, that's a difficult question because, I mean, you've got, you know, you can just modernize the entire thing. No Fear Shakespeare does that. Yeah, I think that's going too far. In case you're unfamiliar with it, No Fear Shakespeare is... Uh, there are a series of books, and they ha- take Shakespeare plays, and they'll have the Shakespeare on one page, and on the facing page, they will have a modern English rendition of it. It's meant to help students understand what they're reading. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. The thing is, it doesn't work as a play. Right. Because it, it, all the poetry is lost. It mm-hmm. is there to explain what is going on. It is not there to be a performed gr- performed in of itself. So if you're reading it, I don't mind as much, but yeah. you can't perform it like that. However... Changing a couple words so they make sense, I'm fine with that. Okay, yeah, that, I was wondering about that, and I'm wondering especially about what our uh, our listeners think, because personally, I think I would translate these words that really no longer exist, but I think there are probably purists out there who would really object to editing, you know, one of Shakespeare's most famous and best uh, speeches. Yeah, there are also purists out there who insist that Shakespeare not be done in costume, but should just be recited on stage. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. That's just awful. Just reciting it like it was a book or something? Well, I mean, there are also the purists who don't believe it was meant to be performed. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, people say that about King Lear. And yes, it is a hard play to put on well, but the idea that any of Shakespeare's plays are not to be performed is just outrageous. I mean, he didn't publish them himself, so... Yeah, exactly. That kind of says a lot about that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, anything that you guys think about translating Shakespeare into modern English, we're interested in. Also, if you guys have any interesting thoughts about you know how they translate into other languages, that's a really interesting yeah. Subject. I mean, Shakespeare is incredibly popular in Japan. I know. Also, Germany. Yeah. Uh, they talk about how Hamlet is more a German invention than a British invention, <laughs> which of course is nonsense. But because he's Danish, clearly. Obviously, they kind of feel this affinity towards Hamlet's particular je ne sais quoi. Insanity? Well, I wasn't going to say that all Germans were insane. Just the ones who like Hamlet. I see. Something that I didn't really get a chance to talk about in the last episode, but I thought was interesting. In the scene where Yakimo is sneaking into the lady's bedroom, he mentions how he is stepping on rushes. And there's this thing in Shakespeare's time where they would just have dried out dead grass on the ground everywhere, on the floors of buildings, just kind of rustling around and being dirty and filthy and gross. Mm. And I just think it's interesting that we don't think about that in modern day renditions of Shakespeare's time, but it kind of makes everything feel different to me mm. at least. Well, I mean, the rushes are there for a couple reasons. They're, yep. you know, either you got dirt under you, which is worse than rushes. Mm-hmm. Or if it's on stone, it helps. It's kind of like carpeting. It keeps your it's a little it holds heat a little bit better. Oh, and you can just throw it away when it gets dirty. Exactly. You can't do that with a stone castle. Well, I mean, it it takes a little more work. <laughs> yeah, I think that kind of colors our imagination of what the history was like. Mm-hmm. On the blog, where you are free to give us comments at bardcast.blogspot.com, we got. A comment that I actually thought we'd be getting more of. A listener simply said that when he got to the part of our episode about Othello, where I said that it was not about race, that race wasn't a central portion of the play, he simply stopped listening to us forever. That's fair. I mean, it's pretty important to the play. But not in the same sense that we would think of race today. I... I don't think it is. I think that you could take out race from the play Othello and it wouldn't be significantly changed. The only person who actually addresses it is Iago, who just hates Othello for any number of reasons. But, I mean... I think that our modern race relation issues color our thinking about Othello. I don't know. I think that it is more of an issue in Othello and in in Elizabethan times it would still be something of an issue, but not in the same way it is today. I mean, Shakespeare would not have made uh, Othello black if it weren't important to the play. It, it is part of the play. Okay, that's fair enough. I guess I would just say that the play isn't about race. Like, you could even say that it has a significant factor in the play or something like that, but that's not what the point of the play is. It's not trying to say anything about race, and you, could, I think you could still put on the play without having any race issues involved. I think it's... Uh, more central to the play than you seem to. We can agree to disagree. For now. So we also got another comment on the blog. Someone pointed out that we had failed to mention that the movie version of Cymbeline that we saw is starring a young Helen Mirren, which is, I think, she was pretty good in that play. Well, she played uh, Imogen, who is, you know, one of the two interesting characters. Yeah, she's basically the main character of the play. Yeah. And we just forgot to mention that she was in there, and I think she does a good job. Mm -hmm. It's really cool to see her younger because we're so used to seeing her at however old she is now. Everything from the queen on, basically. Mm -hmm. She looks good for her age, but uh, she doesn't look like the young girl that she is in Cymbeline. She's been in a lot of stuff over the years. Yeah, she's great. Anything that Helen Mirren's in, it's good to see her performance, if nothing else. Still not worth it to see Cymbeline. I'm just going (laughs) to tell you guys. Yeah, I think we've really come down on the negative side about Cymbeline in the final calculation of all this. Not pulling punches, Shakespeare. There's a reason that it's basically unknown. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But fortunately, up next, we've got Twelfth Night, one of the best ones. Yeah, I think we're both excited about Twelfth Night. We've been studying it, you know, getting ready for the next episode. We're actually about to watch one of the movie versions of it in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think that we're all pretty excited. Let us know what you think about Twelfth Night, and we can kind of get the comments into the episode proper instead of having to just comment about them later like we're doing now. I actually traveled all the way to Stratford-on-Avon to see the Royal Shakespeare Company perform it. Well, that was the only reason you went. We didn't have to tell them that part. <laughs> We're really doing this episode to elicit your guys' comments, so anything you guys yeah. have to say about any of this would be great. Just uh, go to bardcast.blogspot.com or leave us an email at shakespearepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we'll and we'll do another one of these after Twelfth Night. Maybe answer some more questions then. Yeah, we're just testing out this uh, smaller episode format. So let us know what mm-hmm. you think about that too. Yeah, I'm Jeff. I'm Cars. Bye. Hello, everyone. Just a quick postscript after the episode. We've got another donator requesting an episode, so it looks like, barring any future requests, we are going to do Measure for Measure after the Twelfth Night episode. To everyone who has donated the podcast, to everyone who leaves comments and emails, and to everyone who listens to the show, I'd like to give my personal thanks, and we'll see you next time.